we leave out a plate of cookies and milk for a man that's breaking into our home at night, teaching our children that it's okay for a stranger to leave us gifts under a tree. So it's only natural for our children to shout with joy when a jolly man in a red suit carrying gifts knocks on our door. It's the perfect way to ruin a childhood when those gifts are filled with bullets intended for you. It's time to open presents that this strange man who broke into your home left. Because this is our last episode of Christmas and Crime. Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Lulu, and this is our last episode of Christmas and Crime. It has been a crazy week. I have enjoyed talking to you every single day this week, and I'm really sad actually to take a week off. I mean, we haven't really taken a week off since like July. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this week, and we are going to finish this year off with a bang. I mean, this is the last time that I'm going to get to talk to you this year, and next year, you guys, I've got some big things planned, and I am so excited for you, and like I said, I'm like really sad that we're done talking every day, and I just hope that you guys are going to miss me as much as I'm going to miss you. You guys, we had a lot of firsts this year. I mean, all of this was a first, let's be honest. We started our podcast this year, and I want to say welcome to everybody who is new, and thank you for everybody who stayed. And we are going to finish 2021 off with over 100 people listening and over a 1,000 streams. I get that, you know other podcasters have bigger numbers but you guys to me that is amazing every single one of you that is here you guys have done so much for me and you've just really made me feel like I've got a little family here and I just can't say thank you enough because I mean even one of you would have been was the world the first listener I got was literally the world I don't do great at advertising my podcast and my socials are still so new and I still am not the best at posting on them, but to have this many people come and listen to me who didn't even know who I was is amazing. And I wanted to say thank you to every single one of you guys because that is crazy and I really cannot wait to see what 2022 brings us. And I'm really sad to leave this year because this was such a crazy year for us. I mean, so many firsts, you guys, so many. And I did not even think that I was gonna hit a thousand streams in a year, much less six months. That is, that is crazy. And thank you guys for doing that. Thank you for hitting that number and thank you for being here because I wouldn't have done it without you. And like I said, even that first listener was just, it just meant the world to me. And the fact that I have over a hundred people listening now and I have over a thousand streams is just crazy. So thank you for spending 2021 with me and thank you for listening to me and hanging out with me for a week. And 
you know what? Let's go ahead and get into those presents. Let's rip those presents open and let's start talking about today's case. Today's case is about the Covina Massacre. Um, this is a Christmas case. We needed to finish seven days of Christmas in Crime Off with a Christmas case. Now, this did not happen on Christmas. This actually happened on Christmas Eve. But it's kind of revolved around that jolly man in a red suit that we talked about in the opening. Before we get into the massacre, I wanted to talk about, you know, the guy that is responsible. Let's just be right off the bat. No guessing. This is who is responsible for the Covina massacre. Bruce Jeffrey Pardo. Now, Bruce was a 45-year-old male who lived in the San Fernando Valley. When he was young, he attended high school in Sun Valley, Los Angeles and California State University. In his younger years, Bruce quickly met and married Sylvia in January of 2006. Sylvia had married Bruce with three previous kids and right off the bat of their marriage, Bruce refused to open a joint bank account with Sylvia. This obviously put a wedge in their marriage right off the bat, right in the beginning. I'm not saying you always have to have a joint account. I have friends that are married and happily have separate accounts. They pay the bills together. They still get paid. And each of them have like a bill like set up. So like, you know, the wife will pay the car payments and these card cards and, you know, the husband pays the house payment. So they have that figured out. So not always a terrible thing, but Sylvia wanted a joint bank account and he just would not budge on that. One of the other things that Bruce did was he informed Sylvia that he expected her to work and pay for those three children that were not his. They weren't his. He didn't want to pay for them. These children were not his, and so he did not want to have any responsibility for them, which I don't agree with. Um, I am a firm believer that if you marry somebody who has previous kids, you've accepted that responsibility. And you do not need to agree with me on that. Everybody is allowed to have differing opinions, but that is what I believe. I believe that if you marry somebody and they have, you know, especially young kids, it's one thing if they were adult children, like 30s or something. I could see that to a point, but to have young children and be like, nope, no, my kid's not going to take care of them. That to me is wrong. You're marrying that person, which means you are also accepting responsibility of three more kids. So Bruce was doing a lot of things in this relationship with Sylvia that were already driving a wedge between the two. Not budging on this joint bank account, informing her that she had all responsibility for these children, that he would not pay for these children, and just things like that. As you can tell, Bruce was not the best husband and was probably not the best person on top of that. So many things would end up leading Bruce to this breaking point that he had that we are about to talk about it. Some of these things included Bruce being fired from his job as an electrical engineer. His marriage was going down the toilet more and more every single day. That wedge that he was driving between them was just getting hammered in and splitting them apart. And there was some speculation now surrounding the fact that Bruce had a child 
from a previous marriage that he was keeping a secret from Sylvia. On top of all of this, Sylvia had decided that she wanted a divorce. And in 2008, it was required that Bruce pay Sylvia $10,000 as part of the divorce settlement. And in addition, he needed to pay her $1,785 a month for spousal support. Sylvia was also awarded her wedding ring and the family dog that they shared. A lot of these things were putting a lot of stress on Bruce and a lot of anger, obviously. But before we get into the things that followed, let's talk a little bit more about that son that was speculated that Bruce was hiding. Because this wasn't a speculation, this was true. Bruce and the mother of this child, whose name was Lucano, I hope I'm saying that right, were in an on-again, off-again relationship for a long time. Bruce had gotten her pregnant, and they had a son together. And Bruce was actually watching this son in 2001 while Lucano, the mother, went out to grocery shop. When she returned home, she informed the authorities that she had discovered Bruce holding their unconscious son at this point. Bruce's story was that the child ended up crawling out of the patio door and fell into the pool without him realizing. Once Lucano had realized that her son was unconscious and what had happened, they rushed him to the hospital. This is where they would also find him unresponsive and the paramedics were challenged to bring him back. They were able to resurrect him to which they transferred him to an intensive care unit to try and find out what was going on and try to save this little boy. They managed to stabilize this little boy as they discovered that he was now brain damaged. He had gone too long without oxygen and would now struggle for the rest of his life. For a long time, Bruce came every single day and sat in that room with his son for hours on end. But... It was almost like Bruce was putting up a show. Because less than six months after the incident, the relationship officially ended between Bruce and Lucano, and Bruce completely stopped visiting his son and pretended to not have a son at all with brain damage. He also neglected all of the growing medical bills and put all of the stress on Lucano herself. Now, this little boy not only had these growing medical bills, But like I said, he couldn't do a lot of things that a normal little boy would be able to do. And he was now going to be wheelchair bound for the rest of his life. This little boy was brain damaged, medical bills growing, and Bruce just left him. He left Lucano to figure out how she was going to raise this son and pay off all of these bills. Now, Bruce was able to up and leave Lucano and his now brain damaged son but he didn't seem to be able to up and leave Sylvia. And so he had his breaking point. And on December 24th, 2008, in Covania, a city located in Los Angeles, California, in the United States, Bruce decided he was going to pack a present of horrors that was filled with a rolling air compressor that he had converted to spray gasoline from and multiple semi-automatic handguns. On top of this, Bruce dressed up as Santa Claus. 
at 11.30 p.m., Bruce knocked on the door of his former in-law's home. At the time, this home was filled with about 25 people who were participating in a Christmas party. In the dining room, Joseph, his wife, and their children were playing late-night games together. The grandchildren were playing video games and hanging outside near the pool and the back of the house. And on the second floor, a 17-year-old grandson was playing on the computer. It was getting late, and so people were beginning to leave at this time. Most of them were already walking towards the door when they heard the knock on the door. And an eight-year-old started shouting that it was Santa. So the partygoers opened the door. This is when Bruce would walk in. Once he was inside, Bruce pulled out one of those guns that he had hidden in that beautifully wrapped gift box and opened fire on the people who were celebrating the holidays. The first person to be shot was that eight-year-old. His eight-year-old niece, Katrina, followed by her mother, Leticia, and a sister of Sylvia's. Once the partygoers had begun running and hiding or attempting to get out of the home, the shooting Santa pulled out that rolling air compressor and sprayed the entire home with gasoline, where he set the home on fire. It reached 40 to 50 feet in the air and took over 80 firefighters to fight this fire for over an hour to get rid of it. Now remember that 17-year-old that was upstairs? The fire is what killed him. A lot of the kids managed to get out because they were near the back of the house. But a lot of the people who were attempting to leave the party that got shot or stuck perished. But this fire is also one of the reasons that they are unsure as to whether all nine of the people that were killed were killed from a gunshot or from the fire. It was a strong and a long fire that burned a lot of evidence away. It was such a strong fire that they had to identify the victims that were left to burn by their dental records. Once Bruce felt successful about who he shot and who he had killed, he put on street clothes and got into his rental car. He drove this rental car to his brother's home it was about 30 miles away from where he carried out this crime. Now, like I said, nine people ended up getting killed by gunshot wounds or by a fire that started on the inside. Three of these people included his ex-wife and his former in-laws. On top of that, a niece and three others that were injured in the assault. The three others that were injured was a woman who was shot in the face but luckily did not obtain any life-threatening injuries. This was only because she had turned her face at the last minute and the bullet entered the side of her jaw instead of her head. The injuries she sustained were severe, but luckily not life-threatening. There was a 16-year-old who was shot in the back and wounded and a 20-year-old woman who had suffered from a broken ankle from jumping off the second floor window. One of the survivors were the ones that had called the police and informed them that there was a killer Santa on the loose. Once the authorities received the call, 
They quickly got to the home and put the fire out. After which they began questioning the ones that got out and they were able to get their first lead. And that was because the ones that got out had seen this killer Santa and they could identify him as Bruce. Now they just needed to find him. They quickly found out that Bruce was having these marital problems. He had finalized that divorce on December 18th, just one week before the massacre. And this is when they felt like they had a motive. Bruce was mad. They knew Bruce was their guy. Now they needed to find him. They searched high and low for him. And they had quickly located him at his brother's home. When they broke in to search for Bruce, though, they had discovered that Bruce had shot himself in the head with one of those guns that he had brought to the party. He showered the partygoers with bullets, but he had saved one for himself. But here's the thing. That wasn't the initial plan. Bruce seemed to have planned to flee to Canada after the attack. He had bought a plane ticket and everything. He had called one of his friends to inform him that he was coming to visit and stay for a while. They can't decide, though, if this was to confuse investigators or if this was his original plan. They also found $17,000 in cash that Bruce had wrapped around his legs. This was one of the reasons that they did believe that he intended to run away right afterwards because he had the money on him. But he had to change his plans because the Santa suit had melted to his skin. Bruce had third degree burns on his arms and he could not get the entire suit off in order to flee. He was gonna be caught quickly and easily with melted on Santa fabric. And so he decided that his best option would be to use that bullet to end his life. And before the cops arrived, he ended up putting the gun in his mouth before pulling the trigger. This was a heartbreaking end so far. They had their man. God, they knew it was him. But he took the easy way out. Bruce didn't want to be caught. Once they discovered the scene, they decided to search the home and the surrounding areas. They needed to find the vehicle that he had used to flee the scene. And... They needed to search the home, obviously. Now, his brother was not home at the time. And they discovered that this vehicle, this rental car that he drove, was located about a block away from the home. When they searched the home, they had found boxes of emptied handguns, which they believe were used in this massacre. They had also found a huge container that held the gasoline that Bruce had used to light the home on fire. And the authorities discovered a makeshift bomb factory in the home of Bruce's brother. This is an interesting fact to me. I'm not sure if Bruce was staying with his brother, if Bruce had made this bomb factory when his brother was not home, or if maybe his brother was involved. It's very strange to me that his brother had a makeshift bomb factory. 
Because that screams to me that his brother might have had something to do with it. Either that, or his brother's getting into some things that he probably shouldn't be getting into. Now, like I said, they had found this vehicle located about a block away from the home that they found Bruce at. When they began searching this vehicle, they found pieces of that Santa suit that Bruce had worn that had been ripped off and scorched. These were the pieces that he was able to take off himself, the ones that were not burned to his skin. They found four different handguns that were all emptied and 200 extra rounds of ammunition in the vehicle. Because of this makeshift bomb factory that they had found, they decided to bring in the bomb squad and a robot to try to remove the evidence from the car because they were worried that Bruce would have rigged it with a bomb. It does sound like there was some sort of homemade device in the vehicle because the bomb squad was trying to disarm something in this vehicle when they ended up catching the inside of the vehicle on fire and burning the inside of the car. This destroyed all of the evidence inside of this vehicle, which I understand is frustrating, but also unfortunately at this point, they were not going to hold any sort of trial. And they were not really gonna be able to hold anybody accountable because the man that was responsible had shot himself in the head. In the end, they now had a dead body and pieces of a burned Santa suit. And they had so many children with a scarred memory of Santa and a story full of running and screaming from the gunfire and the flames that jumped from the house as their family members laid inside. I wish this case had a better end but the Covina massacre ended with the man responsible shooting himself in the head because he didn't want to be tried for what he knew he did. Bruce, like I said, was able to leave a handicapped child behind. But when it came to Sylvia, he could not bring himself to get over the fact that she wanted to divorce him. And so he decided he was not only going to kill her, but try to take out as much of her family as he could. Luckily, most of the children got away alive, only because they were already in the back of the house and could flee when they heard those shots ringing out. But unluckily, nine people fell victim to a Santa who brought death instead of gifts with him. Merry Christmas, and I really hope that Santa brought you something better than a present full of guns and bullets. There may be false or misleading information throughout this podcast. All facts have been researched to the best of my abilities, but accidents do happen. If this is a story you are interested in knowing more about, I highly recommend doing your own research. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.